Sometimes we say that usual medical care is sickness care, it's not really health care, and our type of care is health care, keeping the person healthy so they don't need to then get into other more expensive procedures. Well, I think, unfortunately, the trend is in the direction of less coverage, and I don't know that that's particular to chiropractic. I think you can probably see that in other areas, medical areas as well. But there generally seems to be the trend of the patient having to pick up more of a payment somewhere. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Call Your Broker, where we help to educate business owners, public officials, organization leaders, and consumers on all things insurance and risk management. This is Matthew Strzok of Treadstone Risk Management. Today we gave Giovanni and John the day off, so let's get into it. In this episode, we focus on the role of natural health care in the health insurance world, and we're lucky to be joined by Dr. Eikhoff from the Natural Health Center of Clifton. We are uh, very fortunate to be joined by uh, Dr. Eikhoff, Dr. Bill, if, uh, if everyone wants to be on a first-name basis. Um, uh, doctor, you're from... Um, you, you basically come from a chiropractic background, right? Um, so we need to make the, the distinction that you're a doctor of chiropractic. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that being said, you uh, own and operate a health center based out of Clifton, right? So what's the name of the health center that you work out of? It's the Natural Health Center of Clifton. Okay. And so now the Natural Health Center of Clifton is, is it just chiropractic or do you have other services that are built into the healthcare model there? Well, it's evolved over the years. For about 35 years, it was just chiropractic. And then uh, at that point, New Jersey actually updated the scope of practice for chiropractors to allow nutrition. Okay. So I started adding nutrition to that. We do whole food nutrition. And um, Now, can you just talk to that for a second? Mm-hmm. So in, when you say whole food, uh, is there a specific uh, type of diet or is it just kind of – away from processed foods and more kind of, you know, uh, food the way it naturally comes? Well, whole food meaning that the supplements that we use come from whole foods okay. that have been processed down in a special way so that none of the uh, minerals and enzymes and everything that occur with the vitamins are damaged, as opposed to uh, most uh, vitamins that you see in the stores and things like that, are they'd be like a, uh, a chemical-based type of supplement or a synthetically derived you're saying okay awesome and then we also you know talk about diet basically low carb a lot of a lot of not too much protein but enough vegetables fruits things like that okay good um all right so you got the the chiropractic piece you have the nutrition piece Mm -hmm. you have a couple others in there right right then we added acupuncture we have two acupuncturists that work for us Okay. And uh, that turns out to work out uh, very well with uh, chiropractic. It's sort of synergistic in the way it, affer- it affects the body. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we have some massage therapy. And the most recent addition has been a nurse practitioner to help with uh, pain management and pain control. Okay. So that's uh, an exciting part of uh, the practice that we just started out. Uh, and I do want to mention also that we do a lot of exercise, strengthening and stretching exercises, postural exercises to help the body get back to where it should be. So the chiropractic takes care of the the nerves and and the function of the body and the pain, and then there's right. the, 
the strengthening and stretching for the muscles. Yeah, I my uh, so my I gotta give a shout out to my wife. My wife is a huge proponent of not just chiropractic, um, but also pairing that with things like yoga or tai chi because mm. um, I think that's a, a, a often missed uh, element of personal health is a lot of us live a very sedentary lifestyle. And so a lot of times it's not an accident that always causes the injury or the problems that we have. It's something that happens over time. And if we're not flexible, if we're not active, um, that makes it all the more likely that we're going to have those those problems. So um, I I love that you're kind of pairing those uh, elements together. Yeah. yeah, it works really well. And when we added that component to the practice, the uh, benefit for the patient went way up. Mm. So adding that to the chiropractic made a big difference. You oh, know? yeah. You know, even someone who's in really good shape, if their posture is off, if they're building muscles unbalanced and causing, you know, st- restrictions in different areas, mm. That's going to curtail their uh, progress in chiropractic, right? And they're, they're not really going to get as strong and as flexible as they can, right? Right. I so the overarching subject here that we're we're tackling, um, and and thank you again for joining us, is really kind of uh, chiropractic acupuncture and more. I'll use quotes because I, I don't even know if this is an accurate way of portraying it, but you know, natural medicine uh, or natural kind of treatments. Uh, what role that plays in health benefits programs and health insurance programs for employers. And we really kind of want to drill down on um, just the dynamic of how employers or, first of all, why employers should include more of a uh, a natural health or if you want to call it like a a low um, invasive healthcare component to their insurance programs, and also if they do want to go down that road, how they would. So, if you had like one or a couple of big selling points as far as what chiropractic, acupuncture, and some of these other um, types of uh, treatment, diet, and and um, you know exercise and stretching, what's the overall selling point of why? those should be actively included in pretty much every employer's health insurance program? Well, I think the main thing would be prevention, doing mm-hmm. these things. If you do, do them consistently enough in the right manner, you're going to keep a person healthy, keep them strong, uh, and prevent injuries. If mm-hmm. somebody's lined up and strong, right. they're not going to injure themselves as readily. So uh, prevention is a big thing. You know, it's sort of Sometimes we say that uh, usual medical care is sickness care. It's not really health care. Right, right. And our type of care is health care, keeping the person healthy so they don't need to then get into other more expensive procedures. Mm, That's a good point. Yeah. So um, it's kind of two-pronged, right? It's uh, making sure that you're giving the right health care before there's an issue Mm -hmm. um, to kind of head it off or maybe even if it does come to pass, lessen the effect of it, right? And then the second element of it is – even when someone does develop some kind of ailment, um, some of the services that you're providing, uh, you know, we're, we're all too quick to, you know, those of us who watch, you know, medical dramas and things like that, we think the answer is always send it to the surgeon, the surgeon will take care of it, right? Um, but that's not the case. It doesn't have to be the case, right? Something that's overly costly like that could be treated, you know, within within your center, within your realm of, of care. Is that right? Yes. I mean, for sure, we've prevented plenty of surgeries from occurring over the years. Mm. 
I've been in practice 43 years, a lot of people we helped with that. And um, also the, uh, the result, right, of our treatment, mm -hmm. if done the right way, is going to be maintained and kept so that it doesn't come back. That's a good point. So uh, preventing reoccurrence could be a big part of that. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I think we, we run into that as a society, right? A lot of us are um, – we're, we're, we're basically <laughs> committing the same sins year in and year out uh, to the point where a lot of us end up having the same problems over and over again, right? Whereas your course of treatment might be a little bit more consistent from the standpoint of prevention – uh, especially if maybe you weren't able to help uh, the individual before they had the issue, but now going forward, if they're actively being worked with, that's that's a really good point. Um, so, from just kind of a a high level view, um, in in terms of the way you see societal perspective of natural, or sometimes people use the word alternative care. Um, do you see that changing? Uh, and, and if it is changing, do you see it changing for the better or for the worse? It's definitely slowly changing for the better. You know, much more acceptance of all these ideas. Uh, I can remember at one point when a patient would come in, they'd say, there's no way they want to give up their medications. Yeah. <laughs> now people are coming and saying, how do I get rid of my medications? Right, right. Um, and I think people have more of the viewpoint uh, that medications are sort of like something that should happen down the road yeah. if it really is necessary as opposed to first line. Right, right. Uh, as a matter of fact, I just saw an article recently where there's a, naturally a, a health network mm -hmm. that's going to look into having people go more the chiropractic, PT, and acupuncture road than the medical road. Wow. Because they uh, saw that it uh, saved about one hundred and six dollars a visit. Hmm. Okay, just changing that. Yeah, and, and then you put into that the whole thing about opioids and the problems with that. You know, steering away from the possibility of using those drugs is a good thing for the patient. Oh yeah, I mean that's uh, that's like the flavor of the the last couple of years, right? I mean mm -hmm. um, that that's it's everywhere in the media. And I think that works in your favor, right? Uh, especially with those folks that now all of a sudden they're coming in saying they're looking for some uh, non-pharmacological means of either controlling pain or eliminating it, right? Right. Yeah. And and that you know results in people actually learning what chiropractic can do instead of at one point thinking, oh, why would I go there? It's not good. Or right. why would I go to the acupuncturist? So really quickly, uh, and I know I'm riffing a little bit here, but... Um, so for anyone who's not familiar with chiropractic, it baffles my mind that someone out there might have never been to a chiropractor, but there's got to be tons of people that have never gone to a chiropractor. Um, I mean, you didn't roll up in a Bentley, so <laughs> maybe one day you will. But um, but from that standpoint, someone out there who maybe has never gone to a chiropractor or doesn't understand what you're really doing on a day-to-day -day basis for your patients, um, in a nutshell, what is that? I mean, everyone always assumes it's just, you know, make the cracking, popping noise and that's mm -hmm. it. Um, but from the standpoint of the, the mechanics of it, what is it actually that you're doing for the, for the individual? Well, it's based on how the nervous system works. Mm -hmm. uh, and as we know, the brain sends messages out to the body, tell the body what to do. Mm -hmm. The body sends messages back to the brain, telling the brain what's going on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that all happens through the nerves that come out from between the bones of the spine. Mm -hmm. So if the bones of the spine go out of place, 
they can actually interfere with that nerve and the message traveling on that nerve okay. going in either direction. Mm -hmm. So then the body starts doing things out of the control of the brain, mm. which leads to degeneration of whatever part that is, uh, pain, inflammation, muscle spasm, or whatever. Okay. And, and you mentioned that. So there's both a skeletal component to this, right, mm -hmm. as well as a muscular component, right? Right. And so that's why you're combining not just the chiropractic piece of it with things like acupuncture or even therapeutic massage. Is that right? Right, or the exercises. Uh, what we do is we specifically line the bone back up, put it back in place mm -hmm. to unpinch the nerve, so to speak, you know, mm -hmm. uh, take the irritation away from the nerve and uh, enable that uh, nerve function again, brain-to-body communication the way it should be. Mm -hmm. Since the body is made to heal itself, then healing can occur. And all different types of things can happen, both skeletally, and organically, because the nerves for your organs go through those same holes. Right, right. Um, <clears throat> so what we do is we just make sure that it's all lined up, right? Mm -hmm. But then if you have muscle memory, remembering that the bone was out of place, mm -hmm. it's going to perpetuate the problem, to right? Pull that's it back. why. That's why you have to see a chiropractor for a while. Right. Three times a week usually, right? Everybody screams at that. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's a physiological need you know mm -hmm. it's not just made up from nowhere right just like you you know you get more working out three times a week than you do once a week yep you have to realign the vertebra try to get those muscles and the muscle memory to retrain mm -hmm. so that you're walking around with that vertebra in place most of the time as opposed to being out most of the time mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the more the vertebra is out the more normal function the more healing occurs and the more benefit for the body. Okay. And so um, just kind of what comes to mind here is anyone that has any issues with chronic pain, right, um, one of the first stops should be uh, a chiropractic physician in my, in my, you know, from my just personal perspective uh, because a lot of times when we're looking at the alignment of the spine, um, that's where a lot of those problems originate from. Now, whether they've been ignoring it for a long time and now, like you said, it's deteriorated to the point where it's more complex than just, all right, let's get you adjusted regularly. That's going to fix the problem is a different story. But from my point of reference, I, I think the, if you have chronic pain or you have some kind of joint ailment, the first stop needs to be the chiropractor. My follow-up question to you is, all right, in terms of the way health insurance companies or health insurance plans are viewing chiropractic and either facilitating or even restricting access, what's been your experience from that standpoint? Because if, you know, if I'm the employee or if I'm the person on the health plan, I want to go where I'm going to feel better, right? Right. Um, are, have you run into cases where certain health insurance carriers or plans have restricted access of patients to come to you and now they're coming to you saying, oh, now I got to pay cash out of pocket or something like that? Well, I think, unfortunately, the trend is in the direction of less coverage. Mm. And I don't know that that's particular to chiropractic. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think you probably see that in other areas, medical areas as well. Okay. But there, gen there generally seems to be the trend of uh, the, the patient having to pick up more of a payment somewhere mm -hmm, along mm -hmm. the way. Yeah. And so that typically happens on the front end now, right, with a lot of the Affordable Care Act plans and whatnot. They have high deductibles, and a lot of times the, you know, the the chiropractor isn't um, seeing the patient after the deductibles filled, right? A lot of times you're seeing mm -hmm. them, and they have that out of pocket. That's still, um, so you know, they're going to have to end up 
uh, paying for it out of pocket anyway. Uh, all right. So from that standpoint, in terms of if in the ideal world, if if you could advise or consult any employer that had a large health insurance program, would you advocate for them to really focus more so on the preventative services that they could build in as opposed to worrying about you know the top line cost of whatever the excess insurance contract is obviously that's germane because it comes with dollars um, but a lot of employers are going to look at say the costs associated with chiropractic care and they're going to say oh well I'll just pass those off onto the employees because it's 50 bucks here 75 dollars here um, but shouldn't they really be picking up for that because that's going to be the highest ROI for them in the end isn't it Right, and I think that's why what I mentioned before, that's the start of that. You know, mm. They're starting to see that you can decrease costs with uh, chiropractic care and other natural methods. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, health fairs come to mind. You know, I think big uh, employers can have a health fair and, and bring in the alternatives, not just the traditional medical people that might be part of a health fair. Right. But at least get the patient exposed to the possibility that if they did this, you know, why wait until you're, you know, in such pain and have so much trouble, go do this now, take care of yourself now. Right. And that should minimize uh, uh, things for the employer down the road. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I, it's, um, I, I think what part of, I mean, I, I think everyone knows that healthcare <clears throat> is, is broken to a certain extent in the United States. And I think a lot of people discount that preventative piece uh, and the the economics work against you, right? Because the more active you are from a preventative standpoint, you're actually spending a ton of money every single year, whereas the person who isn't proactive, who has a large deductible, and that's what's deterring them from seeking proactive care, they might not have to pay anything out of pocket for four or five or ten years, but now that's also contributed to you know, a degenerative disc disease or, mm-hmm. you know, uh, a, a slip disc that could have been fixed through chiropractic or another passive form of care versus now having to have a full-blown surgery. In their mind, the economics make sense. I just pay for my, you know, $5,000 deductible one year out of 10 as opposed mm-hmm. to have to run through it every single year on the preventative side. Um, to that point, do you, and I didn't telegraph this to you, but I would, I, you know, do you guys participate as kind of like a direct primary care center? I know I know that you're not necessarily general physicians, but in terms of being able to maybe work with an individual to give them a flat rate or pay on a retainer, is that something that your center has kind of contemplated in its in its biz, business model? I've seen that happen. I haven't gotten around to it okay. myself at this point. Yeah, you know. I, as far as primary care, you know, we're trained to know if the patient should be in our office or not. You're right, yeah. And, and refer them out. Uh, the other thing is since we now have a nurse practitioner, all of our patients come in and are seen by the nurse practitioner and the chiropractor. Okay. And it's a team approach for the patient. Okay, that's good. Uh, so that has worked. But, you know, and there's the nutrition programs we do are cash. Mm-hmm, you know? mm-hmm. Uh, I mentioned to you before about stem cell injections. That's not covered by insurance these days, but it's regenerative. You know, it can help rebuild a body part. Yeah. Know? So that was a that was a question I was going to have here. Is so with the ad addition of the nurse practitioner, um, you're able to offer certain um, injections, whether it be stem cell or I think other types of kind of palliative pain care type injections, right? Um, 
in terms of the the uh, health insurance treatment of those uh, actual you know procedures, has has it mostly been that most health insurance is completely off the table for that? Have you seen any health insurance programs that are actually entertaining covering something like that? No, most of that is is covered by most in, insurance. What okay. the nurse practitioner does. Okay, they're pretty much. Uh, you know, mainstream medical procedures, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. except for the stem cells. Right, right, right. Um, so now the the stem cells, uh, we were kind of just talking a little off air before. Um, just walk us through that. So it's an, an individual that maybe has um, some kind of degenerative or chronic pain issue in typically a joint, right? Right. Okay. And they come to see you and they see the nurse practitioner. And then what's the process in terms of that uh, that treatment? Well, first, we want to make sure we know what we're dealing with. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. if they haven't had imaging, we get imaging. Say knees are a big one for this area, right? Right, right. Osteoarthritic knees. And then it's up to the nurse practitioner. She might want to just do a steroid injection. Okay, yep. Or she might want to do hyaluronic acid injections. You know, it's a natural lubricant of the knee, kind of natural, Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. uh, to get that lubrication back in there and see how the person does with that. And then after those things, I think it'd be more along the lines of looking for stem cells. Okay. If those two things didn't produce any, uh, you know, big changing benefit. And have you seen, um, I I can tell you from my personal background coming from a biomedical engineering uh, arena, I've I've seen some pretty remarkable results. Um, But has that been your experience as well with those kind of treatments? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, my stepson ran a practice that uh, where they did a number of stem cell injections over the last year that were pretty remarkable. And then I had stem cells in my own knee about mm-hmm. two years ago. Totally changed what was happening there. I was getting severe pain every day, and I just don't get it anymore. And so is that something that you would credit with probably uh, stopping you from having to have like a reconstruction or a knee surgery? Uh, I wasn't that bad it? yet, okay. but it was just uh, an unusual thing where every once in a while I got like a 10 out of 10 pain mm. that just shot for a second, yep. you know, with an unusual movement. And it happened like two or three times a day. Yeah, yeah, didn't yeah. last, you know. So I had some cartilage damage. Uh, and some osteoarthritis, but I don't, you know, it's not bone on bone or anything in there. Not bad at all, really. Oh, okay. But I hear stories about, you know, people needing reconstructive surgery that are avoiding it. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's hard to believe. Yes. Yeah. And um, I think that's, uh, we're, we're, we are our own worst enemies in a lot of cases, <laughs> I think. Um, but I think the other, and again, another shout out to my my wife, and this is her influence on me a lot, is... Um, I think the other the other aspect of this is kind of looking for alternatives, and I think that's why the alternative word gets attached to some of these treatments. Um, but a lot of times if you see, say, one physician, a lot of times they're trained to treat the same ailment the same way, right? Um, and I would always say not that they're wrong, but just question, right? Question mm-hmm. the physician, but also seek out someone who um, might take a little bit more of a palliative direction than someone who is a, you know, cut first and ask questions later. Would you kind of agree with that perspective? Oh, absolutely. And what I've learned in practice of chiropractic is I've seen patients have changes in conditions that you would never expect to change with Mm -hmm. chiropractic. But for all intents and purposes, that's what happens. Right. You could see it. The patient knows it. I know it. Right, right. And so I've developed a viewpoint of – 
this might sound self-serving, but if you've never been to a chiropractor mm -hmm. and you have a problem, you really should check with a chiropractor because you haven't really checked everything yet. Right. You yeah. haven't uh, eliminated all the possibilities on what could help you. Oh, yeah. So, um, well, I've even seen, um, so I've known a number of, of doctors of chiropractic in my time, and uh, it's also a very diverse field, right? Mm -hmm. So not all, uh, not all DCs treat the same exact way or even have kind of an area of expertise that's exactly the same. So I know that certain uh, chiropractors focus on um, headaches and, and kind of neck and up issues, right? Mm -hmm. Other chiropractors are more directed towards lower lumbar and kind of the, the lower end of the spine, right? Um, and so that's also a consideration there is not all chiropractors are also the same, right? And so you mm -hmm. have to kind of maybe find one that really has an area of expertise that's going to help you specifically, right? Yeah, and that is an area that makes us a little bit different yeah. because we don't do the traditional uh, osseous adjusting, the cracking type adjusting that everybody talks about. Yep. I do a technique called activator, okay, and we use a little handheld instrument. I think you brought a prop with right. you, right? This is the newest one. Okay. I don't know if I'm holding it up right. Yeah, no, that's good. <laughs> okay. So this is an electric one. You can set the uh, the force by pushing the buttons. Okay. And just to give you an idea of the amount of force or the little bit of force that is used, it's regenerating. I hope it has enough charge. There we go. This is about the force that is used. Okay. Could hardly. It's, it's a little snap. Right. But yep. it's re the frequency of the force has been researched to know that it really penetrates the body and brings about the change. Okay. So we, there's no twisting. There's no cracking. You don't hear anything when we do the adjustment except the, the uh, pop from the instrument. Okay. Yeah. And... Uh, the way that we find out where to do the treatment is different also. We don't go by feeling the spine, mm -hmm. but we ask the patient to do certain isolation tests are called, like a certain motion test a certain level. So okay. hand behind the back could be the test for uh, whether or not the lowest vertebra in your spine is out of place or not. Oh, that's interesting. And okay. If the nerve is irritated. And when you do that motion, the legs will actually go uneven to say, yeah, that's out of place. It's, okay. It's all a neurological uh, explanation for that. Mm. So the the uh, way of finding where to do the treatment is what I was interested in when mm. I started out in chiropractic. And when I found this, it was really interesting to me because it's more objective, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Palpation and feeling the spine, the doctor can learn to do that very well, but it's still subjective. It's his opinion of where the vertebra is in relationship to where it should be. Right, and not, not all spines. And I, you also brought uh, kind of, I guess, the ideal case of what a spine looks like, right? But not not all spinal columns are the same as well, right? So mm -hmm. some spinal columns have a little different uh, arc of sway, right? Some of them align a little bit differently. So from that subjective standpoint, you know, if they're using kind of the, the feel approach, maybe you just have a little anatomical kind of uniqueness to you. Yeah. Right, and I don't mean to put down that approach. A lot of chiropractors do that, mm -hmm. but I just like this for its objectivity sure. and uh, certainty. You know, I get more of a certain... Like this is what we need to do. Right. This is where it has to happen. And and with the with the the palpating gun, is that are there advantages to that over more of like a, a manual manipulation of the the vertebra? Yeah. So this would be an adjusting instrument. Yep. Not a palpating gun. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> and um, well, if you picture my hand trying to place my hand on the spine in the right spot, 
to get the right angle and everything, mm -hmm. it's hard to get very specific. Right, right. Where with the instrument, because of the tip, we put the tip in a very exact anatomical location, and there's an exact angle that you have to use in order to just nudge that vertebra right back in. Okay. And since the force is all coming out of a low, a small little thing, mm -hmm. um, it's sort of like, you know, when karate, you don't punch with your whole fist, you punch with two knuckles. Right, yep. You're, you're localizing the lower force in a smaller area, so it's more like higher force. Okay. So it's very effective in what it does. Okay. Um, so really quickly, before we get into kind of the summation here, um, are there any overarching um, points that you would kind of leave anyone that would listen or watch this uh, episode in terms of their personal health, but also maybe advocating to their employer in terms of, you know, facilitating their employer's support of them kind of uh, reaching out and, and getting care from uh, in, in a center or an organization like yours? Well, the main thing that comes to my mind is that if you can encourage an employee to do anything in the right direction for health, you know, mm -hmm. whether it's exercise or chiropractic or eating right or sleeping right, better mental attitude, any of those things, you can then build on that. Mm -hmm. A lot of times when patients come to us, we're sort of the first little element. Yeah. And then they'll start eating right or they'll start exercising more and doing other things. And all those things put together can really be beneficial for them. Oh, that's good. So you're like a catalyst in, in the system. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. good. Fantastic. Uh, well, so I want to thank you for taking the time. Um, one thing I ask uh, most, if not all, of our guests is in terms of what you're currently reading, listening to, watching, um, I would love to know what you're you're looking at or kind of consuming, and it can be from a professional standpoint or it can be purely entertainment. Well, it's professional. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I recently found a, a book called End Heart Disease by Furman. Okay. He's a medical doctor, nutritionist, and he has more of the viewpoint of more Whole foods, plant-based. Plants, plant yep. less, less protein. And I, I'll admit that I've been low-carb, high-protein, mm -hmm. a good amount of vegetables. So I think it might be better to be low-carb low protein high plant yeah or then, well uh, the the one thing i would say is it's never a bad idea to eat more plants and fruit right, right. like more mm -hmm. vegetables and fruit so mm -hmm. um that's a good one anything else or is that pretty much uh no, the big one? okay mm -hmm. all right that's good so um if any of the listeners want to go out and get more information about Nat natural health center of clifton where can they go to find that well our website is naturalhealthclifton.com okay and that's pretty much the, the nexus. They can pretty much find out all of the different services and whatnot that you offer. Right. Okay. The web, web page is continually getting better with more information. We're working on it, but there's enough there. Okay. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, Dr. Bill, I would like to say thank you, and I appreciate you taking the time to come on and speak to us a little bit. Thank you. Nice meeting you. Yeah, thanks. Mm -hmm. And that's a wrap. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Call Your Broker. We hope you got something out of it. If you did, please, please, please hit the like button, subscribe, leave a comment or a review. If you have specific questions, you can always reach out to us directly at either treadstonerisk.com or lbanj.com. See you next time. And always, this is a reminder to call your broker. We'll take the